Welcome back, hunks and hunkesses, to episode 21, Toxic Optimism. Hmm, interesting one. Can too much positivity be damaging? Well, this is going to explain the whole dilemma behind this, and you're going to get a pretty rounded opinion on this. I'm going to look into research, get both sides of the story, because I've heard both sides of the spectrum from the pessimists to the realists to the optimists. This is kind of going to be a conglomeration of the three in one episode, so stay tuned for good stuff. And before we begin, if you're new here, I'm the health hunk, also known as Josh Campbell, or the other way around, sorry. I am a health life coach online and I do help with fitness, mental health, self-confidence, getting through your negative self-beliefs and breaking barriers to become the person you deserve to be on this planet. We need more strong hearts on this planet and I specialize in helping those that are more sensitive and empathic as you like me there is a way through, I assure you. So if that interests you, then please do check out the website www.thehealthhunk.com if you look into more of the coaching. But before we go on more about the coaching, let's rock right into a little bit of a disclaimer. So please don't take all of my opinions or any of what you hear in the podcast um, as complete, real, concrete um, rules to live your life by. This is merely my opinion. This is merely my experience of life projecting to you. So remember, this is just take the best nuggets of what you experience and hear or watch. This is like, I'm a part of your influence in your every given day. And I thank you for spending time with me. But like all things, take the best of it. See the best in people as to see the best in the content. So use this to steer your navigate in the sensitive lane, steer your ship when you see some of these red flags and, and, and warning signs. Um, so this is a, a, a disclaimer to say this is merely a subjective belief with the intent to improve your outlook and stir a thought. I'm all for the feel good and positive things in the world and I'm also passionate about covering the taboo. And this pretty much goes under the category of taboo, the unspoken areas that we rarely see spoken. So let's think about this. Can consciousness become unconscious? Can too much spirituality become ego? And can we all project our identity upon one another? And does this, like, even though you hide behind this all good, all surrounded, optimistic view of the world, internally, are you really a good person? So, again, this is all about being resilient at what you consume. You are a subjective human being living a very unique human experience. Take a snippet of all the best bits and again, amalgamate this and use your wisdom to help other people on the planet and also jump to action when you see fit as well. So I want to cover a fair few points about how positivity or too much positivity can be damaging. I'm going to be talking directly to those that are feeling pretty rubbish at the moment. Because when we're feeling depressed, anxious, or not much is great happening in the world, it's because our lens is very much focused on those things and we're not really appreciating the, the, the power of gratitude and the power of love and the power of connection with one another. I might be sounding a little bit spiritual here, but it's very much a keystone belief in human beings. We, we need to connect, we need to communicate, and we feel high elated feelings from those things. But... Can you, do you want to kid yourself by continually engaging with content that's just kidding you or making you actually feel worse? 
I know when positivity in the self-help world can actually make you feel much worse because your expectations, when you come to watch those, those snippets of content, you think, oh God, I feel a little bit rubbish. Um, and they're projecting a really high exuberant, happy version of a life and all this ambition and success in living in mansions and beachside resorts, it becomes a little bit damaging when you are feeling pretty rubbish at the moment. And of course, it is a hard time for us all at the moment, and I totally empathize with you. So hopefully this really does speak to you directly. So number one, there's pressure to bring good energy everywhere. Wow, this one hits. The idea that energy never lies. Hmm. This one really hurt me. I'm gonna dial back to when I was feeling rubbish. I was in a shell, I was depressed, I was socially anxious. I didn't wanna come out of my room. I played video, game, video games for like eight to 10 hours a day. It was a form of male depression, that one. And maybe you resonate in another way. You might just hold up, not ask for help, or just feel like you're weak and vulnerable and people will just walk over you that much more. But the pressure from the optimistic and positive self-talk world is saying, right, energy never lies. And so if you feel shit right now, you're going to bring around a so what, in your mind, negative energy. And so what happens that the negative thing that happens here is that we want to just then isolate, self-cope, this idea that the self-help, the self-therapy is a good thing. I completely disagree. Sometimes we need human connection and human perspective to really get us out of a rut. And that isolation can create even more deeper loneliness, alienation, and more avoidance. This is why the pressure to, to know that energy doesn't lie, and if you come out depressed, obviously you're not gonna bring your best self. And then your mates or friends, and this is gonna be a great litmus test, a, a great test to, to see how your support network reacts or responds to you when you are feeling rubbish. The good people will put their arm around your back and think, let me support you. How can I help? Um, what are you currently struggling with right now? Where are these belief sets coming from? Can I help in any way, shape or form? And this is going to be a great test to see if even those friends or even your family members are willing to, or despite the idea that you're giving out this, this energy, let's say this energetic invisible force field that we all live through and energy does doesn't lie, if I'm totally honest, but the, the pressure to bring good energy to all these situations, which I felt massively and led me to lots of social anxiety, it brings this unmounted heavy lorry to carry when you're depressed and you've got to bring your all and fake it till you make it. You're hearing that everywhere. And so that's what we all run to conclude and this is what then people become a shell of themselves because they think oh I've got a fake a smile look at Robin Williams who then passed away from depression who looked very exuberant and smiling you have Jim Carrey who was top of his career yet suffering with the deepest mental health issues it can be super toxic because when we pretend to be something we're not we are suppressing numbing emotion and again the the word emotion is energy in motion so when we block numb there's no way for the energy to really work through our body to be processed. And so we could, that can manifest itself in injury, pain, and the worst thing, disease. Because it's working and blocked up inside us. We have um, energy leaks and, and energy that's just conglomerating and not really being noticed. And the solution 
to that feeling. It's not kidding yourself that you have to fake it, fake a smile when you're out in social situations. It's actually being very honest with those around you, the support network, coming, showing up with all emotions unconditionally. You're not even having that conversation that depression is bad. Actually, depression is a great feeling because it's telling you something's up, something just needs to change, or you just need to treat yourself with a little more self-respect and a little more self-love really brutally honestly and this idea that energy never lies can be really a huge pressure upon us all to show up with our best selves and the issue with that is that we show up with a shell and then we lose the sense of self we become something we're not we create this idyllic reality of identity create this like something that we're, we're meant to be are we you know if you're supposedly more introvert and then fake to be extrovert it can feel very out of alignment and this this is going to just create even more tension amongst feeling through the spectrum of emotion so the solution here is really just to say connection is key so please do um, look to speak up I'm here again I'm a coach and I, I specialize in this stuff so so please do if you are in that mental turmoil book in a call that's the first place to be and then you can then have a little check around look around those people that are with you on those rock bottoms and checking in with you are those people you should literally keep with you for a lifetime in they'll they'll bring you up through the the lowest lows and then celebrate your successes when you come through and i inevitably know you'll come through so again number one is that we're we have this pressure to bring good energy everywhere we go but sometimes that expectation gap is too too large and we then isolate and create even more alienation and loneliness loneliness and that's a big issue if i'm totally honest number two perpetual avoidance from what we're feeling wow this is huge you may um have listened to if you haven't already the episode 20 on high functioning anxiety but let's explore high functioning anxiety a little bit perpetual avoidance of what we're feeling right now is again a little bit like living a shell or living another identity just to shroud the feelings that we're uncomfortable with feeling. That sounded like a bit of a mouthful, didn't it? But that's just to say that we know there's a truth, an underlying truth. We know there's a root cause because the cause of a, the cause has happened and, and we know the effect in depression. You're a smart person and if you're going through a bit of mental emotional turmoil, turmoil this is a, an effect of what's happened previously. For the cause and so if the truth is a hard burden so say i know people that live with trauma trauma for example childhood trauma potential sexual abuse potential um, heartbreak that they just don't want to face anymore and what people tend to do is perpetual avoidance in their behaviors and actions and this can lead to someone being super successful ambitious and what they've demonstrated this to be not is not ocd or add anymore this is called high functioning anxiety this is someone who is bound to their ambitions signed a contract to not having boundaries people pleasing overextending themselves being super actually from a face value successful but really deep down they're running away from something that's um feeling pretty pretty hard to deal with so when the optimistic world is so focused on results six-figure businesses um brilliant relationships the american dream perhaps they're really not identifying what really truly matters your experience your journey and how you feel again it's not the material things that make us happy it's the feelings the feelings we remember 
the emotions are so deeply ingrained. And so when the optimistic self-help world is talking about building a six-figure business and building a dream life, you're like, oh my God, I'm just completely disconnecting and potentially avoiding what I'm currently going through now. So I, it's super important that you have that, that conversation with yourself with lots of optimistic noise that, oh, what is the rating of my mental health right now? What is my current present experience of life right now? And go from there. Honestly, the clients I usually speak to in the DMs, um, my actual one-to-one clients, I always get clear on as much optimism as possible. Even if they tell me their mental health is five out of 10, I say, it, it could be worse, couldn't it? I mean, that's toxic optimism. When someone says, oh, it could be worse. <laughs> Still, it's still, there's room for improvement. And I think all of us have room for improvement in in anything, but the perpetual avoidance of that improvement can then dig a deeper hole and we spiral in the opposite direction. But those people that, that undermine or gaslight you for feeling a certain way, feeling negative and so say you shouldn't be, or that other people are living a harsher reality than your own right now, that's nonsense. We have what they call first world problems if or or compared to the third world problems, it's not poverty. It's more so expectations of success and ambition. And so this is very important to have a really strong support network and your influences are nice and, and positive for you. They uplift you not to make you feel worse than you did before. But I would say is try your best to find all the optimistic turning points, whether you had a good day one day and then a bad day and it did cycle, but at least you had good days. Remember, we, we, we sometimes forget that we've, we're on a hill. We've made progress in some way, shape or form, whatever it be. You could have lost your house, lost your job, lost your girlfriend, being heartbreak or boyfriend, as it were. There's lots of female listeners to this. And you may have felt like you've lost it all. But you've made super progress in lo- lots of other places in your life. And it just takes time to stop, reflect and look at your life from a bird's eye view. I do have a life inventory journal where you can do that nice and easily, but just get in touch in the DMs if you want that. Let's dive into number three now. Procrastination. This is the damaging thing about optimism and positivity. Like we said earlier, we may set, it might really get involved in our goal setting, our manifestation process, our vision boards, and projecting to the future of this really idyllic thing that we want to live. This then creates a dissonance to where we are right now. And because the goal is so far-fetched or big and our mind really doesn't believe it or doesn't comprehend it right now, we self-sabotage in its way. We do what's easy. We potentially put off the important tasks that will get us there. But because we scare the what, we're scared of the what if, we're, we're scared of who we need to be to achieve that lifestyle and also who we need to be to maintain our vision board, or we're scared of never making it despite all of our successes. Isn't that funny? It's like we may actually work hard at all those big things that get us there, but the fear of actually failing, even if we try, is a hard feeling to come around to. But when toxic, optimism can be toxic, is that we have a huge chasm of goal orientation. The vision boarding, the manifestation world is brilliant, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it can create a huge misalignment with where you are now. 
Which is why a great example, let's take money for example. A great example is to become financially free, create, a, create milestones. Here it is. I break it down into four sections. Financial security is when your assets are not yet paying off your living, so you need to work. So work in, this working income, you're working for the income to pay off your, your lifestyle. Then you have the, the second tier, which is then financial stability, which is then assets are paying a little bit of your living um, and you're, you're still needing to work for the income to increase your asset to pay off your, your lifestyle. Then there's financial freedom, where you've built up your assets, which are like property, investment, stock, shares, cryptocurrency. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, but I do advocate for investing your money rather than just spending it on material so you can let money work for you rather than you work for money. But the idea of financial freedom is that your assets completely pay off your living and you're able to go on holiday a few more extra times and you can do what you love a little bit more and you don't have le you have less financial pressure. And then you have financial opulence is when you're completely financially free, you can pay for everyone's bills, go on holiday whenever you want, don't really have to worry or cons be concerned about money. You then have lots of capital investment to invest in new businesses and do what you love. But again, I'm using this example as that if you are right now in financial security position and you see someone who is financially opulent, which most of those optimistic people are, um, <coughs> oppose the word opulent, and, and you're seeing a huge process of four phases to get that opulence. Be realistic. I think there's optimism, optimist realist goals here. The fine balance between actually thinking where we are right now and how do we get to the next little milestone. Break it down into milestones, incremental steps, monumental change will then come of those day-to-day -day habits, as they say. I don't like to get micromanaging with it all, although I am so behind habits and that being core to success. But it's just a great example of how milestones can completely eliminate the behavior of procrastination because when we do reach milestones it's just like the donkey and the carrot in corporate world where they give you a pay rise or a new promotion you then stay on in that job and you're going to stay in and, and be be the the blood of the company you're going to be the, the stem and the energy that keeps living on through through the company when a company does that really well, actually, is that they've ingrained you so far in the company that you stay until you're old and you've been melted of all your ideas and you've sucked and dried out of all your inspiration and motivation. They then use graduates that fresh come out of university with all these fresh, bright ideas and then through like 20, 30 years later, become a dinosaur to the system. And it's no wonder why there's lots of incentives for graduates to go straight out of uni into, into corporate world um, and be used up by the corporate high adrenal heavy hours lifestyle although i do a lot of hours for the health hunt but again it's just doing what you love what's passionate again not i'm not saying that anyone who is unhappy is in the corporate world that's not to say that at all because people in the corporate world can actually be super successful and happy if the company has great values and they're able to treat that person very well but this is skewing from the point the idea that you can procrastinate on those milestones is because you have projected to the future far beyond your means of achievement right now. So incremental milestones, incremental steps, and I like the idea of staged manifestation, step-by-step -step manifestation. So get a really big vision board for where you want to be in the future in 10, 15, 20 years time, whatever that might be. But then I would also suggest you do mini micro vision boards. 
So for each milestone, let's take the financial one, for example, financial security, if you're right there now, then make a little vision board for how you can be financially stable, financial stability, which is step two. Make a micro mini board. The idea of like, maybe I need to earn 30 grand a year to then be, to be financially stable. And, and how does that look like? How does your life look like? What does your outgoings look like? Where are you going to be living? Who are you going to be spending time around to achieve that little milestone there, etc. Get really creative with it. If you're a very visionary vision person, which I definitely am, then get it down on paper, get it down in pictures, stick them all on a big white A3 piece of paper. If you're more a writing manifester, then of course, write yourself a poem or a paragraph, do it in whatever language suits you. We're all different, by the way. So whichever way you set goals or manifest for the future in an optimistic way, then brilliant. But that is how the optimistic world can be be toxic because it's super unrealistic and we're seeing the end game rather than the micro mini steps so we did spiral off a little bit there but let's rock back round to number four the backlash of abundance mindset wow this is quite a, a giddy one actually the idea that naivety and kidding yourself can deepen wounds oh yes that's it if you're more of a realist realistic person or potentially are feeling a little bit pessimistic right now the idea of an abundance mindset might trigger you reason being is because you may not be feeling that abundance right now but let me just help you here you're living listening to this podcast right now you're living breathing whichever health fitness state you may be in right now so that's something to be grateful for by the way you're already abundant by being alive to be quite honest. And sadly so, I did experience a dog pass away just before my eyes just now, or today, should I say, and that really brought back to home the, the preciousness of life. There is a cycle of life, and this little experience we're facing here is something to be super grateful for. We won a miraculous race to get where we are, to, to meet the, the sperm, meet the egg in both ways, and the miracle you are to listen to this podcast and still be alive right now, that's flipping abundant already. So already be grateful for where you are. But the backlash of optimism is that this abundance can create, again, backlashes of like kidding yourself, like creating a reality that's not meant for you. You're seeing lots of people with this abundant mindset, but they're living a form of life that they, that suits them. If I see someone who's a celebrity in the fashion world, I know I'm not going to be like a high-end fashion model and earn what they're earning, like six figures a year, etc., getting all these massive sponsor deals. But that idea of abundance, they might be saying, oh, this is abundant, this is abundant. But the idea of that is completely far-fetched from my version of reality. I may become a creative director one day, um, and that's my version of abundance. I may become a prolific life coach. Who knows? This podcast takes off like the Joe Rogan experience, and we become something else, a form of abundance. But because we are comparing with a very qualitative world, it's not very quantitative sometimes, we're, we're comparing with, a, again, a very subjective experience of life. Um, there's too many complexities to say, oh God, we, we, we marry up to this person in terms of 
how do we really compare ourselves? It's like comparing Ronaldo and Messi on the football pitch. They're completely different players. How dare someone say one's better than the other? No, they're just completely different key players in a football team. It's a football example. But same thing about, like, there's lots of K-pop lovers at the moment. It's like comparing BTS with Blackpink. Like the, the two mass, the, the kings and queens of uh, K-pop, which is going to take over the Western world, by the way. I actually love Jungkook. I don't know about that, but yeah, lads, if you listen to this, get into K-pop. It's, it's a bloody banger. But anyway, this chasm of like, you're comparing two complete, they're in the same genre potentially, but then you're comparing something that shouldn't be compared. And this is the issue we, we face. Naivety and kidding yourself can deepen wounds right now. But you need to remind yourself, actually, that's somebody else's bloody reality. It's not yours. So don't live it. So there we go. That's a little bit of optimism. I've gone such an optimistic route on a podcast that's, that's meant to um, pull out all the negatives and what, why, why the negatives hurt us. It just shows you how someone like, like me, who is an optimistic person, will find the best even in the negatives. So actually do this with yourself. See, see where you're at on the spectrum of pessimism to optimism. And there's a place for everything, by the way. Pessimists actually help critique optimists um and and sort of keep this fine line of balance because sometimes we need it but lovingly we need to lovingly see all of each other and rationalize um in in a whole new way that's that's very human and i'd love to see more of that in the world but here we go number five stealing from the meantime oh okay optimism tends to always project the future doesn't it all this dream life um, it's not really what we're living now. And sometimes, actually, the optimism life, life is like, yeah, just live in the present, breathe a few times, meditate in the morning, that's brilliant. But, actually, it can be quite quite hard when you're continually trying to seize goals, which are, of course, a marker in the future. It's quite tough, isn't it, to live in the present sometimes? So this is the, this, this is the issue of too much optimism can pull you away from your experience of the given day right now. Sometimes, actually, to get those goals, it is to put more time in your business, for example. Sometimes to get your dream relationship, it may be more time in dating world. And again, sometimes that running around for all these ambitious goals and ambitious um, outcomes, we actually steal from what we have right now and our living experience here and now. You may be too busy on your phone trying to update your social media when you're actually at at a Christmas dinner with your family and you're not actually present and enjoying the experience of life. And this is when optimism can be a little bit toxic. It sends you askew to other forms of goals and we've explored that quite deep already. So that's number five to me, stealing from the meantime. But this is a massive mic drop now. Optimism changed my life. And this is to say that optimism is absolutely not toxic. <laughs> Let me say you this now. This is a huge mic drop. This is You see that the podcast episode is why it could be damaging. Actually, in, in the flip side, it is something, and as you, as you can see through all the points I've already gone through, it is essential to change your life and turn it all around. It's a place where if only you can find a place to decompress and refresh, sometimes too much self-help or too much optimism in the world can be too much. So make sure you d- decompress with a friend that's not so into self-development. Um, have fun a little bit. Um, let your inner child loose. Get into a hobby, for example. Sometimes optimism does have a time and place and it should be ingrained in your day. Um, positive influences and people that really pick you up. But too much of that actually can either become white noise where you don't 
see it um, for what it is, especially even in Bali. I've been living here now and even through the coronavirus um, for two and a half years. And sometimes I take Bali for granted, where it's actually a really great place to live. But I've always yearn for more urban living to then bounce back and then think, wow, this island life is for me. But it's the same thing. It's like when you have too much self-help, you take it all for granted. And so decompressing with someone who isn't so in in the self-development world and isn't so actually maybe not, well, is aligned with you in lots of ways, but maybe not so deep into the same interests as you to then escape in a much more positive way. I would suggest having those people um, very close with you. I want to say that optimism changed my life once again, and that optimism is leadership. I was my own leader by using optimism through my depression and anxiety. It was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, that famous phrase, isn't it? It's it's being grateful for even the minute, small victories that you had in that, that day. Now, that is optimism that's leading you to a place that's better than the now. And so... I think even as, especially during a time of suffering and negativity, optimism is a form of strength. People who find the optimism out of a negative situation are absolutely valuable people to be around. Negativity, I assure you, lives just as powerfully as positivity. But how would you rather live? I would massively rather live the positive, the positive version of life and the 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 good side, like the Star Wars, the evil and, and the good. I'd rather be on the good team every damn time. I know Darth Maul and Darth Vader are quite cool, but you always see that the good guys have a way more moral balance and a way more balanced life, if you know, you know what I mean. They, they have a much more fulfilling, when they do reach their victories in another manner, they, they both have different belief sets. But, but the good people, because they're ingrained around optimism and their belief set, they will continually try to fortify their belief set of optimism. And then that spirals into more optimism and a more positive lifestyle. Positivity, and it helps reduce stress. Stress creates disease. So stress is the core to all what we're experiencing now and ill health, unhappiness, mental health, depression, etc., XYZ. If what happens is that if we root ourselves to an optimistic anchor, we are then going to then fortify that belief set and pick up nuggets as we live our life to fortify that belief set. And that is brilliant. It's on the, if we do the flip side though, it's why the Maoism, it's why Maoism came out of the out of the the rut is why Hitler existed. It's why the deep, dark-rooted evil like Leninism actually came to play because they felt that they were completely validated in what they did. Why? Because their belief set was rooted in evil intentions and motivations. But as they lived their life, they continually picked up evidence to suggest they were doing the righteous thing. It's almost like ego on either side of the scale. But which ego do you kind of want to pick up? Ego isn't all that bad if you're rooted in optimism and doing good for everybody and, and actually spreading optimism because we need it in a world that's suffering right now. Let's pick each other up. Let's, let's, let's fight the bad force with this good. You know, spread a bit of light because people do bloody need it. And 
This is the thing. Root yourself in that belief set, in the optimistic school of thought, and life will feel much lighter, fulfilling, and your beliefs will just compound like a snowball effect, and you'll be able to pick up um, evidence to support how you believe. Again, it's like another polar example of this is like flat earthers. They will completely, as soon as something from NASA comes out of of the out of the, the world on Google, they'll be like, oh God, NASA's to do with the government. It's, it's not to do with anything. It's nothing, not scientifically proven or whatnot. And then vice versa, NASA believers will then say flat earthers are idiots and then completely um, use a lot of evidence to go against them and their conspiracy, so say, theories. Well, they'll throw rain on their parade and then both of them will live, if they don't just disseminate and disintegrate their egos, they'll both live in a way to provide them... Um, provide them evidence and a snowball effect of what they believe. They'll continually create an even darker or even lighter force on their side. And this is just to say that the human mind is super powerful. The subconscious mind is working over time. And so if you ingrain it in the right way, it will really look for evidence for you um, to get you out of ruts. And so I think it will change your life if you get yourself out of negative ruts in this manner. So it all roots from identity, belief sets, and okay, if you need more help with that, there is a free mini course on my website, so please do feel free to sign up. Completely free, no obligations, and it does help you, from a rock-bottom standpoint, identify in a whole new way. So enjoy that course if you're on it already. And so this is the thing. Again, optimism is strength. Optimism is leadership. Why? Because unconsciousness is easy. This is a huge thing. Cigarettes, going out, drugs, etc., is easy because we're surrounded by it. The masses live there, and as does the media. It's where everybody lives. It's easy being judgmental, isn't it? But it's hard being kind. It's easy criticizing someone, but then it's hard creating your own product. It's easy reading books, hard writing books, easy talking, hard listening easy to sh- for short-term sim- stimulation, hard for long-term effects, easy getting offended, hard understanding a new perspective. This is funny, isn't it? We are surrounded by a media that actually loves to have us have it easy. Societal addiction to our pain bodies. Eckhart Tolle really dives into this. But the idea that there's YouTubers out there criticizing other people, there's bad news online. We crave that feeling because what happens is that we're addicted to that quick gratification, that almost weird sort of form of dopamine and self-sabotage that we want to dish, like gobble up because it reminds us that actually we're, we're, we're sharing a, a, a potential experience of suffering. Like I said earlier, like the Maoist belief or the negative belief, you will always fortify evidence to where your beliefs are rooted. So if you're a negative believer or a pessimist, you'll look for other pessimists and look for evidence to be righteous in your opinion and your actions. And so what media does is sadly, is it wants to find engagement. And I'm afraid lots of the mass public aren't so conscious yet. They're not living a conscious life. They're living very unconsciously um, and believe everything that's thrown at them and projected to them. And so what happens? Those stories that deeply ingrain emotional reaction in a negative way because we're addicted to pain, which is a scary thing, um, because sometimes we get in our own way, we self-sabotage, we over-perfect, overthink, and we just want to make life 
another roadblock. And so we actually engage with those posts and they become stronger. We reshare those posts because it did feel good for the short term. And it's exciting, isn't it? Sometimes gossip about a new relationship, um, which I spoke about Love Island before, so tune back to those podcasts. But gossip about another person's relationship, getting really deep into it, um, makes you feel a little bit like a thrill, doesn't it? It gets you out of your world. It's like an escapism in a horrible, negative way um, and another form of avoidance. But... It's kind of like that shadow that lives with us and that ego that never wants to die. If we're never aware of it, it will live out. It will dictate what we tune into, what we subscribe to, who we have following on our social media feeds. It's quite toxic in the end. It's a pain body that wants to be seen, heard and felt. It's like an absurd form of therapy. We want it to be seen. We don't want to let that detached from our identity because we don't know what we would be without it. And a scary fact, actually, as children, in our teens especially, we we go through a phase of zero to eight. We're very much absorbing. We're like human sponges. Our brain is developing. And what we're doing is um, reflecting what our parents are are doing, their behaviors. We're basically copying and pasting in our brain. We're thinking, oh, how are they doing it? How can we survive? Um, And if their belief sets and mindsets are projected to you or you see it and hear it in the kitchen you're copying and pasting that in your subconscious brain from the age of zero to seven eight i won't be perfect with that but the but the brain is developing in a way where the ego has not yet caught up and then in your teens the ego catches up the hippocampus and the emotional center for um for for being rational is not linking up um, until late teens. It's why depression occurs and we have chemical imbalances in our mental state because our brain is still developing. And what's super sad here is that the media, we are exposed to 200,000 stories by the media or mainstream media by the time we're 18. How scary is that? And the stories here, the negative stories, usually revolve rape, terrorism, people dying, massacres, fear. It's fear-stricken. It's a cocktail inside you. And because we are copying and pasting, we're sponges as little boys and girls, we are literally being ingrained by negativity as soon as we pretty much come out of the womb. Wow. Now that's hard to shrug off. So be kind to yourself. Forgive yourself. This is patterning that maybe you couldn't help having. And so maybe actually you're fortifying these pain bodies that were built in a place where you didn't have any conscious control or effort at all. So be kind to yourself. But let today be the day that you just flip the switch. I'm not in this school of thought anymore. I'm going to go over to the optimistic school. It feels way lighter there. And I assure you, it bloody does. So this is my call to you. Are you going to be a leader today? Are you going to lead yourself through this battle? Or even if you are already optimistic, continue on that crusade of optimism. Why? Because you've tuned into that slim, minute vial of light inside you when, and, and, and made it so strong it burns through the cracks and explodes within you. It's the hardest thing to do when everything else feels dark. We're reminded like 80% of our day is filled with negative thoughts. You can't control that because that's the brain rationalizing and protecting you as well as your external environment, your friends and family are also potentially toxic to you too. And you may be filled with moans and externals and criticizers and sometimes willpower just isn't enough. When you do tune in to that light, you can show the world that light. 
Now that is strength. You tune into that minute little bit of light in you and you allow it to take over your body in a, in a form of external light for other people, even in this form of darkness that we potentially live in sometimes. As the Dalai Lama said, change only takes place through action, not through meditation and prayer alone. Meditation is notorious for visualizing a ball of light and really melting away the tension in your body. And I absolutely love meditation for that reason. But we can meditate all day long. But it takes us actually continually acting in the world to live out rather than just sit on our high horse as a meditator or somebody who, who is so bliss and zen. But, but really, I mean, you may be an example to the world and this may be egoic of me right now, but I think the, the world of those light warriors, I call them light warriors actually, and not that I'm too spiritual, but you, it, when you get to a point of you have enough light to share, it's the same expression of when you fill your own cup enough that it overflows to fill somebody else's. It is so key just for the progress of humanity, the progress of sanity, and the progress of goodness to be the bad. You need to be part of this, Not so. it's not a fight, but you need to be part of this conscious, proactive example, rather than sit on your high horse in Bali and do nothing about it. <laughs> That's basically what it is. But I think ego is positive when you use it in that manner. Try not to be that recognition of us versus them. That's going to create more friction divide between the good and the bad. And again, when that happens, the good becomes stronger and also the bad becomes stronger. And then there's nothing really being achieved, is there? So as long as you can really do your bit, you don't expect yourself to be a Martin Luther King or a, a Gandhi or somebody who has done something incredible in their lifetime um, in a good philanthropic way. You don't need to be someone like that. But if there's a calling in the day to be a good Samaritan, take it strongly. Lead with your heart. It, it, leadership isn't in aesthetics, isn't in confidence sometimes, isn't in intellect or looks, anything like that. Leadership is being able to use your empathetic tendencies and leading with your heart, even though you may be tender, but leading with a strong heart and hitting a situation that would potentially be painful in, in a way to fight for the good side. I seen today a dog poisoned on the street, just hit by a motorbike. Everyone drove past. Even the people in the cafe continue with their, with their work and their emails. I was basically, not to, to trump my own trumpet, but me and another German fella on the, on the street jumped to the rescue. This poor pup had poisoning and don't know where from, but we, we did all we could, called all the vet numbers, we got all the food and all the substances to, to anti-poison the poor pup, ran in to get some charcoal, and then when I came back out of the cafe to the pup, it passed away right in front of my eyes. And that is discomfort. That is an experience, of a human experience that we probably don't want to have in our armory in our subconscious brain because that's painful to see something else pass away like that um it's painful and before i even got out into the street i thought oh my god what if what could potentially be could i be traumatized here could this bad experience ruin my life experience forever this selfish thought just flooded me before i came out i could have said now nah, i'm just going to carry on with my emails in the cafe and stay in this safe space which basically everyone did i opened that door and i thought stuff it the good the light in me, the, the, the strong heart in you too is what 
builds back faith in humanity. It's no matter what, you're going to do what's right in a great way. And this is going to be just a contagious feel. What happened is actually another American jumped off his bike to help. Another couple, uh, another Russian couple jumped off their bikes to help. And this is a contagious feel to think, wow, there is good in humanity. Wow, this is a story to think. Optimism really does make the world a brighter place. And so this is a just saying that optimism is a collective power we couldn't do it alone and be a contagious form of that right side of optimism optimism in its way can be toxic and debilitating for if you're not feeling so good right now so please do take the tips earlier on in the podcast and i do empathize with you however you feel right now just make sure you feel through it i don't see any form of identifying it as a negative emotion at all Allow depression to be a positive thing. Allow anxiety to be a super uber positive thing. It's just saying what you're living right now isn't comfortable, something's a little bit off, and something may need to change. So just have that vital conversation with yourself, honest conversation with yourself. You might not like to hear the truth. And this is a calling to just stop avoiding what you're feeling right now and run with this optimistic school of thought. I'll leave you on that note and thank you so much for listening. I didn't expect it to be a big podcast. It was going to be a short, snappy one, but I just love talking all this stuff. And of course, thank you for subscribing. Please do share this if it resonates with you, if it helped you any way, shape or form. Share it on your social media profiles, your Instagram story. I'll reshare your feedback. And of course, please do review the podcast. For every reviewer that reviews the podcast, by the way, give it an honest you know give it whatever stars you want um hopefully five stars um but but please do give the the review and you're then going to be eligible for a free week fitness program with the health hunt training app i'll happily be able to serve you and thank you for being a huge part of the community thank you for listening and as always keep the right attitude and keep it hunky much love and i'll see you on the next one